Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, an IT recruitment agency, and I love films. As Gene Simmons once said, marriage is an institution. And you must be fully committed to it. It's like having a Prince Charles Cinema membership card. It's for life. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, Sharon Stone and even Geddy Pambles. But this week it's the wonderful, brilliant actor, comedian and writer Susan Wakoma. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein where you'll get 15 minutes of extra chat and questions with Susan. You get a brilliant secret from her and you also get the entire episode uncut as a video. All that and more over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Also, if you really love the podcast, I'll be doing a live one on the internet for part of the Unmute Podcast Festival. It's online. It is live. There'll be an audience. There'll be a bit of Q&A. There'll be all sorts of stuff. I'm going to have an amazing guest. That is on the 24th of October. You can get tickets for that from the Unmute Festival website. Come and watch it from the comfort of your own home. Other bits of admin. Listen, if you haven't watched it yet, all of Ted Lasso, all of season one is now available on Apple TV+. Plus. Watch it. You will laugh. You will cry. You will feel happy in yourself. You'll be grateful that you did it. And we'll be grateful that you watched. Also, the show that I co-created and co-wrote with William Bridges, Soulmates, is now on AMC every Monday night for the next few weeks. The next episode stars the brilliant David Costable from Breaking Bad and the amazing Sonia Cassidy from Lodge 49. And no spoilers, but it's a banger, so give it a watch. So, back to the show. Susan Wakoma, what a prolific actor, what a prolific writer, comedian. She is funny. She is brilliant. I was so grateful to have her on. Uh, we did this one a couple of weeks ago over Zoom. Oh, it was a good time. And I think you're going to love it. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 116 of Films to be Buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Married with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by an actor, a writer, an award winner, an Instagrammer, 
a Twitterara, a guilty feminist, a podcaster, a, a woman of the people, a saint amongst us that walks as if she's not one and keeps it under her hat, a legend, a superstar, and the greatest person currently on a Zoom. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Susie Wakaiwer. Oh, it's only going to get better. <laughs> it's only, you thought that was good? You wait till I start talking. Just you wait. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing this, Susie. It's lovely to see you. Pleasure. Lovely to see you too. I suppose we have to ask, how is your lockdown life? How is your pandemic life? Ugh. Bit of fun? Okay. It's just, it's what it is, isn't it? Ugh. It just is fine. Have you it's done convinced. any acting? In yeah, this time? I've done. I've done like lots of voiceovers, right? Loads, which has been lovely. Okay, I'm about to start filming in a couple of weeks. That's like my first like proper big chunk of filming, which will probably stop after a day. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, you... Batman, isn't it? Like they yeah. started shooting Batman. They were like, "Yeah, let's start," and then Robert Pattinson got <laughs> Batman got COVID. Yeah. It's, okay. It sort of undermines your superhero if your superhero gets COVID. Yeah. Do do you have you been told if you can tell us if you're shooting in two weeks have you been sent like a list of rules or things you're going to have to do or? Well, I'm self isolating right now, so we've got oh, to self isolate for two weeks wow. before we start, and then basically we can sort like the actors because we've got to like be in scenes together and stuff and all of that but like everyone else is like they have to keep away from us apparently there's covid police on set with like a measuring thing saying two meters two meters but that's a new job that's a new job yeah covid police covid police and what are they gonna do like poke you with a stick to move you back a bit i hope so So they don't come near it i hope so i hope so get away from susan i'm like oh (laughs) go away I'm poking for you. Love I like that. <laughs> that actually sounds all right. That's quite a good gig. Corona quite a good please. gig. Also, a good TV show, Corona, please. Uh, COVID, please. <laughs> I mean, it depends. It, you have to think about the life of the show. Like, how much can you kind of squeeze from it? Like, how mm-hmm. long is this going to go on for? If this is forever, then you've got, what, 28 series there? I reckon you've got 20. Well, because there's, there's the sort of police camera action version where we're just filming Corona yeah. Police. But, and actually... That, that's the one. Yeah, I was no, thinking... Forget the other one. That's the one. It's the reality one. That's what you want. <laughs> and just, you can do the voiceovers when you're isolating. Just, yeah. um, John is poking <laughs> Susan with a stick. Because um, he can see she's 30 centimetres over the line. I'd watch this show. Would you watch it? I would, actually, to be fair. Uh, riddle me this. Right. Here's the truth. Hands in the air. Here's okay. how I've known you. I've known you as an actor, and I've known you on, on the podcast and being very funny and interesting. I didn't know until I did a little Google that you've got a series of sex tapes out. <laughs> Do you know what? When you said that, honestly, my heart went, oh, my God. Uh, I could they're, out see there, you. they're out there. They're out there. It was going to happen. I've been waiting for the day that my publicist said, <laughs> um, you need to come into the office. Yeah. But it's COVID. You need to come into the office. Yeah. 
there's pictures of your fanny everywhere. And I'm going to be like, show me. And then I'm going to show it to me and I'll be like, oh, my fanny. I just have to, I have to write a book. That fanny, to write that fanny book checks out. <laughs> I'm proud of my fanny. That's what you, when your picture of your fanny goes out, mm. when my picture of my fanny goes out, which it will, yeah. I have to like, that's going to then be my career. It's just like proud of my fanny woman. Yeah. So you're then going to start doing like speaking arrangements and stuff where you yeah. go. <laughs> With my fanny out. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fanny does it does it irk you well yeah. then there's something wrong with you yes <laughs> oh i like this show as well <laughs> i mean this is a great pitch meeting so far yes other than your <laughs> other than the the quite abundant amount of sex tapes that are out there on the internet uh-huh. uh i also discovered that you you were in a right you were one of the writers on sex education which yeah, I, I was did in, not know I was in- I was in the writer's room. Can you explain how that works? In an because it's an English. I've never understood. Is it an English show? Yeah, yeah. So, so a writer's room is a very American thing. Yeah, they were. So this was for the second series, and the first series wasn't out yet. So we, it wasn't the big, huge show that it is. We didn't know what it was. Right. And um, and so they got uh, a few of us in, largely comedians, actually, in the writer's room. And uh, we just bashed out ideas for a month, really. And then a few of them got scripts and I didn't, which was like, right. okay, I know, that I'm, I know that I'm busy, but you could have asked <laughs> that I could say no. Yeah. Very rude. But yeah, no, it was interesting. I mean, I enjoyed like the first bit of it because that was literally us going, and what if she comes in with like three heads? And then putting it up in the board. Yeah. What if she like she comes in with a machine gun? She, she fucking just up, and then and all of that stuff. And then the second two weeks was like, okay, now seriously, no, we've got eight episodes that we need to map out. And we're like, oh, 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 maybe she goes to the shops. It was like that. I see. I see. That makes sense. How many of you were in the room? How many writers? Oh, how many of us? There was me, Richard Gad, nice. one. Rizwan, who else was there? There was like maybe four of us newbies and then Laurie, who's the creator. Sophie, who'd been on the show before. Yeah, so there was like maybe eight eight of us in the room. It's quite intense. And it was above a sex shop on Oxford Street. How was it? Yeah. For inspiration? I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's meant to be like, ooh. We're on top of a sex shop erotic about sex. And then about day three, I was like, I, that should be a pret. <laughs> Just popping down for lunch. Does anyone need a dildo? I mean, it, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it loses its appeal, isn't it, a sex shop after day three? It does. I mean, yeah, especially if you're kind of like in the middle of town, you're a bit like, Ugh. But, you know, last day I did go in. I did yeah. get, I can't remember what I got. I did get like something. Nipple tassels. Oh, that's nice. I think so. Classy. That's a classy buy. It <laughs> from is. The shop. What did she get? I wouldn't have predicted that. What would you have predicted? She got the old nipple tassels. Hmm. I forget <laughs> that that's an option. Huh. huh. Nips covered. Fascinating. Because <laughs> I've seen her, her fanny out tour and I realised. <laughs> How would she be shy of the nips? Yeah. But it's a classy move. <laughs> So, and the last question before we get on to the very serious business of um, mm. your life in film. Yeah. What about uh, the writing? So, because you you made a short, you wrote a short, wrote a short that won the yeah. awards? Won all the awards? Oh, 
it won all the awards. Did a short with the Sky, the yeah. Sky Comedy Short. They just basically asked me, do you want to write something? I was like, how quickly will it get made? And they said, next week. And I went, all right, because I don't want to, I don't want yeah. to fuck around with this. Like, I know what short films could be like, get it yeah. quick. Have you got the money? Yes. All right, fuck. Here's a fucking script. I didn't say that. I was very nice. It was very nice about it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's called Love the Sinner. And it's about um, my mum and her um, grieving for Princess Diana, which if anybody is that's from uh, the African diaspora, mm-hmm. uh, that's a thing. Like my mum and all her friends, all these Nigerian women were obsessed with Diana. Like, really? Yeah, my mum had this That's book, which was like Diana's fashions. And it was just pictures of Diana, like getting out of cars at like premieres. And I used to, I, I mean, my mum was angry about it, but I cut Diana out mm. and they would be like my dolls of Diana. Like Diana was the one. She was wow. the one. So when, she, when she died, my mum was, there is like a trope of like, African women being very loud and, and, and whatnot, which isn't necessarily true. But on that, the morning of Diana's death, my mum was screaming like on the floor, like, ah, ah, and it woke us kids up. We ran downstairs. We're like, mum, mum. And bear in mind, I'm like nine, 10. I'm a yeah. child. And I run in and I look at the news and there's that, the graphic footage of like the car being pulled out. Of the, I'm like, fuck yeah. And I look at my mum and my mum is on the floor weeping screaming take me instead i that is verbatim verbatim us four kids were looking at her like mum and she was like just take me (laughs) verbatim and i just thought even then i was like that's funny (laughs) (laughs) no yeah that's the short (laughs) even then looking at my mum wailing on the floor i thought this is funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is good this, this, this is, is good stuff I tell her. I tell her. <laughs> this is some good stuff <laughs> what did your what's your uh is your is your mum has she seen the short she's still yeah wearing... she's seen the short um in fact there's quite a few of the costumes that are her clothes so oh, i wow. sort of went around to uh the old family house and um we tried on lots of stuff like stuff that i remember her wearing at like my little sister's fourth birthday and my birthday. It was really weird. Oh, wow. um, she loved it. She was. She basically was like, it's a documentary about me. I was like, yeah, yeah pretty much actually, yeah. <laughs> it kind of is. Um, <laughs> oh, Susie. Yeah? I forgot to tell you something. Oh, what? Oh, fuck. What? Oh, I should have said it at the beginning. What? Maybe when I texted you. Ah. Ah, no. I'm just going to have to say it. I'm sorry, but um, I'll just say it. Uh, You died? You died. Sorry. I fucking knew it. Mm. How did you die? Well, it must have been. It must It was definitely choking. Oh, yeah. Something, yeah. Do Um, do you know what I'm? Yeah, I do, yeah. I was at Latitude Latitude Festival. Yeah. And uh, I was getting in the spirit of stuff and I put uh, a lot of glitter on my face. I like to do like one side, nice little pattern there. And as I was dancing to, I think it was Texas. Do you remember Texas? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Charlene, Charlene yeah. Terry was giving it loudy yeah. on the stage. And the glitter melted down my face and into my mouth. 
and then um but I didn't I didn't think anything of it no, then I went back to my, yeah yeah then I went back to my tent and I choked on my glitter died alone oh god when did this happen this happened last year last year I've been there for a year yeah god and I'm sorry it's taken me this long to tell you I know uh, we just haven't we've, been, we've both been very busy <laughs> Um, so I, I had a feeling. Yeah. I just I was walking around like I have a feeling. Uh, like up. COVID started, no one called me. I was like, "That's weird." Mm. And I was checking whether I'm all right. Do you um, do you worry about death? Nah, not really. Not really, because it's because it's uh, it's just going to happen, isn't it? I worry about the manner. I don't want it to be like something horrific that my family have to like think about. But I, w- I, I would like it to be funny. Like, right. oh, like, oh. But, like, not ha-ha, like, you're in the church going, <coughs> whilst my body is, you know, kind of, fu- like, she died She died doing what she loved. Oh, rather than, <coughs> she choked on cheese, which is so probable. <laughs> so, hang on, you don't want a funny death, but you want yeah. it to be funny. Yeah. So not choking want- on cheese. Yeah. I want people to, yeah. But like I want she, it to be she died. Like she, she died doing what she loved, eating cheese, and then got hit by a car. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like, but yeah. So it's like, oh, sad. But she had cheese in her in her throat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you do you think there's an afterlife of some kind? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, oh, man. Great. I love oh, it. Tell me. Listen, we don't know, right? So people are like. There's absolutely nothing afterwards. I'm like, you don't fucking know that, mate. You don't know that. You you stupid little shit. Anything could be on the other side of this. And, like, I've seen a ghost, so... Oh, I'm afraid you're now going to have to tell that story. (laughs) It would be remiss of me not to. Do you know what? It's actually linked to the first couple of... Question. Okay, if it means that story's coming, I will. I'll put. I will hold off. Hold it. But so you don't know, but you think that, that there's in your head. Do you think there's a heaven? We're energy. Like what? What is it? Oh, I'm more. A, I'm more an energy versus mm-hmm. a god. But I think like this shit gets. I basically think in life you're meant to like learn stuff. You're meant to. Learn, it's like Jedi school. You're meant to like learn all the shit. You're meant to be like upping your vibration. Boo 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 boo. Yeah. Then you die, right? And there's loads of people who just don't do that because you're just too busy like scratching your balls and like just being a fucking dickhead on Earth. So then you die and you haven't learned all the lessons. And if you haven't learned all the lessons, you're just going to keep doing this shit until you learn all the lessons. And the thing is, the things that you didn't learn before are just going to come. So when people are going to be like, oh my God, my life is so hard. It's like, yeah, because you didn't learn your lesson when you were in the Victorian era. Like, all shit. And then sometimes you learn your lesson and then sometimes you don't learn your lessons. And then like, it just continues. But people who are like on a higher vibration, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a point where they just like, become a tree that's uh, one of my favorite answers we've ever had do you th- <laughs> i genuinely believe that actually. no i, I think i'm with you, you like, become a star or something i don't know well what, i don't know where do you feel i mean you're on a pretty high vibration what do you think, think so. yeah yeah i'm a bit psychic tell me everything that's that that relates to another story oh great oh this is gonna be great all right well yeah, listen no, let's psychic. get to it then because i want to hear all this shit um <laughs> 
those weren't those weren't meaning those weren't segues that I pre-planned I just am psychic and there's something that comes but I didn't plan that I didn't plan that I know what you're going to ask me so because I sent you the questions no because I'm psychic yeah you sent me the questions right no oh. uh, what, this is uh, the <laughs> what okay here's the thing there is a heaven as well you pause there for a bit before you head back to learn more lessons, right? Cool. And in this heaven, everyone wants to talk about this life yeah. and um, not a TV show. They want to talk about your life and they go, what? They want to know about your life through films. Yeah. And the first thing they ask you is, what's the first film you remember seeing? Susie Wakoma. A film called Aneka, The Pretty Serpent. Hold up. Uh, Wait a minute. (laughs) It's a Nollywood film. Mm -hmm. And it was like huge in the early 90s, like huge. Like probably one of the first, if no one knows what Nollywood is, it's Nigerian Hollywood, Nigerian films. And my mum was in our front room with some girlfriends and they were watching this film. And I came in like that, exactly like that. And I saw, the image that I saw was this woman who, like, became a snake. No, she became a cat. And I had no context. No one was worried about the child in the room. Right. Um, so, yeah, that was, the first, that was the first bit of movie I ever saw. A woman becoming a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how old were you? I was, like, I must have been about maybe six, four. Five, six. And where where was this happening? This was in uh, when we lived in Camberwell in our front room. Okay. Yeah. And, and you got, can I ask, you got brothers and sisters or that? Yeah, it... I've got older sister, older brother, little sister. So four of us. Okay. All close? Yeah, we're close in age. I'm really close to my little sister because she's cool. And she thinks I'm cool because I'm older. But the other two, because I'm younger, they think I'm a dickhead. But she thinks <laughs> it's very, very exciting. So she can stay. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good to know. <laughs> so you saw a cat, uh, a woman turn into a cat and <laughs> did you think this is my future? No, I was like, oh, that like genuinely, I remember just going, oh, I felt concerned. I was a very concerned child. They say Capricorns, which I am, yeah. they, um, they age backwards. So you come out the womb, like I'm, I'm very concerned about this. Yeah. And then as you get older, you just become a fucking clown, which is exactly what's happening with me. That's amazing. So, so I, walk, I walked in and I saw the screen and I just was very concerned. For the woman. It was freaking me out. And also it was very, it's 90s um, graphics and special effects, which is terrible. What's the show you're, you do with Matt Berry? Year of the Rabbit. Ah, I thought it was Year of the Cat. For a second, I was like, it's Year of the Cat. You turned into it. If if she turned into a rabbit, that would have been great. But (laughs) it's a different story. Um, Fascinating. What is the film that scared you the most? (laughs) He rubs his hands together. Um, Well, I am afraid it is Aneka, the Pretty Serpent. That. Two hits for a neck of the pretty serpent. By the way, pretty serpent who turns into a cat. Where's the serpent bit? Where's the pretty serpent? I know. This is, this is what I don't remember. So the premise of mm. the film is that it's this woman who, um, she's a mermaid and she is disguised as a human and her mission on earth is to go after married men. 
This is a very nice, like, okay, so Nigerian films, they've got, I mean, they've evolved now, but definitely in the 90s, they had like a few subjects, like themes. And one was witchcraft. Mm-hmm. One was um, women taking uh, married men. And then the other ones were witches taking married men. Like, and, and that was it. That was what the stories were. And so this woman was like a mermaid and she was like going after married men. And it shitted me up so badly that I developed (laughs) nightmares for a year and developed sleep paralysis. Oh, wow. As a result of watching this film. Because I was stood at the door and my mum and her friends didn't see see me. So I watched a lot of it. Oh, shit. Do you still have sleep paralysis? I still have sleep paralysis, yeah. I have that. Horrible. Oh! Horrible. Yeah, that's when I've like, I've like, oh, I don't know. It it comes and goes and I haven't had it for a while. But it's, but imagine being a child. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Did you imagine a cat woman sat on your chest? I'm, <laughs> I did imagine a cat at the end of my bed. Yeah. And it would sort of just look at me and then it would crawl up and then it would disappear like into my belly. So it would go like walk, 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 and then it would go wow. like that. And I thought it was like, I thought I was pregnant. Oh, there was a lot of things going on as a child. I thought I was pregnant with the with cat. cats. Yeah. Yeah, dark stuff. You can watch it. It's like on YouTube, this film. I like the sound of it. So do you like being scared? Do you don't like being scared? I sort of do. <laughs> <laughs> I sort I like, I hate it, but I love it. I love the build up to it. And then when it happens, I fucking hate it. And then afterwards I'm like, I survived. I do quite, I do, I actually, I do quite like it. Um, what? What is the film that made you cry the most? And are you a crier? <gasps> I, Daniel Blake. Fair I. Enough. Fair enough. I, Daniel Blake. <laughs> Daniel Blake. The end credit, after the end, I won't ruin it for anyone. But I sat in the cinema and I cried so heavily. Number one, I got a nosebleed. No. Yeah. And number two, the woman sat in the row ahead of me came around sat next to me and gave me a hug that's so sweet i was inconsolable were you on your own yeah i was on my own oh beautiful i was and i think i think one of the things was i i didn't expect to get that emotional like Mm. when i was watching when i see those kind of films that are very kind of gritty and very realistic there's a bit of me that's a little bit um on the defense of it Mm -hmm. just because I am working class and sometimes when I've watched films like that I'm a bit like really yeah you're not gonna make me cry man this film and I was like strong for like most of it I was like yeah I know this happens I know this happens this has happened to neighbors and friends of mine I know you're not preaching to me I know and then by the end I was done I was done (sighs) yeah that's a totally, that is a totally legit answer. But I do have to point out that we're three questions in and you still haven't told me where this ghost comes. <laughs> do you promise this ghost story is coming? Okay, no, I have to tell you the ghost story. Okay, good. Oh, I didn't say, yeah. Okay, the ghost story. Because I assumed it was in the scary movie bit, but that was... Oh, it was, and I forgot. Oh, okay, thank God it, I checked. It's because there's quite, there's quite a few. There's quite a few during that period. I'll take all of them. Okay, all right. The scary story... I was in bed um, and I used to share a bunk bed with my older brother. who's like a year and a half older than me. So mm-hmm. we were like kids. 
and he was on the top bunk, I was on the bottom bunk, and he was talking to me, like, we would tell each other stories and stuff, like, nothing scary, and he was talking to me, and all I could see at the end of the bed, so the bunk bed, was this head appear upside down, like that, like my hand, like that, and it had fangs and blood trickling down the fangs. So the blood, there was like a trail of blood going across the eyes, upside down. What? Just staring at me at the bottom of the bunk. I was, because when I get scared, well, when I was a kid, when I got scared, I'd just go silent. And then my brother was talking and I said to him, I was like, are you, are you looking at me over the bed right now? And then he popped his head down to the side here and he went, no, I'm not. And I looked at the end of the bed and it was still fucking there. Oh, that's giving me a shiver. No. So Give me you, a shiver. Did your brother say? No. He just literally popped his head. He's like, no, I'm here. And I went, okay. <laughs> that's my information. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. But like what would happen? Like with sleep paralysis, you can sometimes like hmm. see things, hallucinations. So I'm guessing it was that. But yeah. that, out of all of them, that was the most real and vivid. Like, to this day, I can see it. Before, like, the, all the other ones were, like, shapes and, like, a black sort of mist thing. But yeah. that one was, like, a face and fangs and the blood. Yeah. It's unusual that you, that you get vampires in guys' stories. I know, yeah. And I like that. Breaking, uh, breaking boundaries. Though. Mixing genres, and I love it. <laughs> I really like I mean, I... Shall I tell you a little guy's story that I read? Yes, please. This fucking scary. So I read a book, Conversations with Mark Frost. Mark Frost is the guy who, with David Lynch, made Twin Peaks. Huge fan. Anyway, this book is just a million, you know, interviews with him. And the guy's asking him, like, are you, you know, what do you think about spiritual stuff? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he says, one day we did a Ouija board when I was... uh, he was working in a in a theater in um, somewhere in America, and he yeah. said, "Him and the crew one night at midnight decided to do a Ouija board in the empty on the empty stage." And he says, "The thing started moving around." He said, "Look, I you know you can tell me whatever explanation you want, but the thing fucking moved at pace around, and none of us were controlling it." And there had been this this kid who had worked as an usher at the in the place who'd who'd hung himself in the place, and they'd always because it was the only place that he'd felt he belonged or something. Yeah, this was like five years ago, something like that. So they say, "What's your name?" And the the thing spells out that that kid's name, and yeah. they say, "Where are you?" And he says he spells out T O P top but there is an it there is another stage space around the corner that is called the other place top so they say do you mean the other place and he says no and then they hear running across the rafters above their head and they fucking run (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've scared myself telling that again (laughs) oh my god that's nah, I would have wet myself. Yeah. I would have wet myself and started crying. And he said, uh, he said, I don't... He said, look, I, you know, I don't know what it was, but I'll never do a Ouija board again. I don't think you should dabble with that stuff. I've never... I've No, I think we tried to do one as kids, but we were like, we weren't taking it seriously. But I, don't, I genuinely... I genuinely wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I don't want to invite... Because, look, I'm 32. Then, say, I'm 32. Say I do a Ouija board, like, when things are a bit better, yeah. when I'm 33... 
then that's the rest of my life. I'm dealing with this fucking ghost that's like You're being haunted by a demon, yeah, for the rest of your life. That's the rest of your life, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That is the rest. If you're doing it, if you're dabbling in your 30s, you're fucked. Well, have you seen the film Host, the the Zoom horror film? Ah. What? Oh, you've got to watch it. I assume everyone's seen it, but they haven't. Uh, go on your go on your Amazon and go okay. to Shudder and get the free seven day trial, and then you can cancel it and watch the film called Host, which is a Zoom, and it sounds like it's going to be boring, but it's not. It's a Zoom, oh, no. and they do a seance on the Zoom, and then whew, it's fucking scary as fuck. I did have a thing. I, I watched over Zoom with two friends. I watched Don't Fuck with Cats. Oh and yeah, and that. It wasn't what I thought it was. It ended up being about this proper psychopath murderer. Mm. We watched it at night and I kept... So I'd be watching it on like one screen and then look at my friend's screen and I just kept imagining like somebody behind them yeah. as they're watching it, just like fucking cutting off their neck or something. Yeah. Like, so there was two horror films going on at the same time. I was like, oh, I was stressed. <laughs> I had to burn sage. I had to burn sage in my whole room. I was like, bye, guys. Oh, that was so fun. Bye. Beat you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. Oh. Are you uh, alone, living alone? Yeah, I'm living you? alone. That's why I'm right, yeah. out all the time. Yeah, terrible. Terribly, terrible to watch horror films and then have to... But anyway, we'll move on. What is uh, the film that you love? You love it. Most people don't like it. It's critically not acclaimed, but you don't give a shit. You're like, this film's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Burlesque. Wait a second. Burlesque is the one... <laughs> Who's the lead in that? Christina Aguilera. It's Christina Aguilera's film. And Cher. That's right. Two titans. One <laughs> film. <laughs> Tell me about Burlesque. I have to... Hands up. have not seen Burlesque. Would you believe you should, it? You should carve some time out to watch Burlesque. It's about uh, this girl who's meant to be mousy, but she's Christina Aguilera. And she just wants to be a, a singing star. And so she turns up to this burlesque club in the middle of nowhere. And then she wants to get on stage and be a singer. But they're not about that at the burlesque club. They're about dancing. And so she starts off, I think she's called Ali. You know, one of those American names. It's like, "Mm, I'm a mouse. And then she's like serving drinks. And Cher's like, I'm Cher. And she's like, (laughs) I want to be like Cher. And then Stanley Stanley Tucci, he's in it. He's there like doing costumes going, "Mm, I'm, mm," you know, Stanley Tucci when he does that. And then... um, (laughs) And then eventually she gets on the stage by way of this boy that she fancies. They fall in love and then she starts singing. And then there's a song in it that she released. And um, it's the thing that I love about it is the kind of small town girl makes it big star thing, which Mm -hmm. is just brilliant. The soft focus. You've never seen softer light on. It's like, it's like someone just got Vaseline and just went, ah, (laughs) it's almost like they're trying to hide the film from you like don't really see it <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> great you know, like, cross your eyes yeah, like, that. like magic and eye it, it, yeah it's what they do it's that's what they're doing like, don't see it really and then you've got the other thing that i love about it is whoever edited it was on mm. crack 
because like there are scenes that just go so, like one person's talking and it will cut from that person to that person to that person and then it's over. You're like, why are you rushing? Why are you rushing me? <laughs> the edit is a thing of, I've never seen just like that, 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 that. Someone's talking, the camera's gone there. We don't care about you. It's come back to you. Then, and then it's next scene. I'm like, what? I'm very stressful. The edit is amazing. <laughs> I really will watch that film now. You've sold it completely. It sounds right when up my street. It, when you watch it, you will know what I mean by the edit. Okay. You'll know what I mean. Love it. What is the film that you used to love? You loved it, but then you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, this doesn't hold up for me, for whatever reason that may be. This one makes me really sad oh, because <laughs> because I put it on recently, remembering the feeling mm. that I had when I watched it before. Lo- and I watched it a few times before, loved it. And I wanted to feel like, I was feeling a bit down. I was like, this is going to pick me up. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, this has not aged well. In Bruges. Go on. Talk to me. Okay. I, got, I got issues. I got issues. Well, do you? Always what? had issues with that one. Well, I saw it when I was in, I think it was in sixth form. I think I bunked off uh, <laughs> a class because I wanted to go to the cinema. And I saw it and I, I hmm. loved it. I fell in love with Bruges. I was like, where is this yeah. magical place? Fell in love with it. To the point where I travelled to Bruges, I went interrailing around Europe. Oh, wow. And I ended in Bruges and I fucking did it. Like, it's really spooky. It's got a Freemasony vibe. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's... And then I went to go and see the blood, the Christ blood that's been congealed, like, in the film. Mm -hmm. Like, proper. I loved it. Bit of a spooky vibe. Then I put it on and I was like, this is... I... I'm not somebody who gets offended very easily, but there are bits of it. That I was like, this is off key about small people, dwarfism, race. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I just was, I thought it sounded like zingier and, and, and smarter. Yeah. But then it just was not landing. I didn't, I didn't feel very nice watching it. I felt like a bad person watching it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense to me. And I think, yeah, uh, I, agree. I, look, the, I remember when I watched the film, it does a thing that I, and, and I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, oh, wow, what a great guy. But I mean it is that there's a scene where it lost me is there's a scene where he punches a woman in the face in the restaurant and it's meant yeah. to be funny. And I'm like, you've lost me. I, I don't enjoy this. Yeah. I now sort of don't like, don't like you. And it isn't like, oh, I'm being subversive. It's like, it's just kind of horrible. I remember being like, well, and, and also that thing of people laughing in the cinema and I'd be like, oh, I, don't, I don't like this. That, that was it. All the things that you were meant to be laughing at, you weren't going, oh, isn't that ridiculous? And isn't that, you were mm. meant to like be cheering the person who's doing it or saying it on. Yeah. But I, that bit really, that threw me as well because I sort of didn't remember it from the first time. And then the line about the big, the fat black girl on a swing or something like that it just yeah. was so needless and then i think brian um is it it's brian gleason isn't it yeah yeah um, brendan he, brendan there we go sorry brian uh <laughs> sorry brian who doesn't exist sorry brian better name um and then there was this there was a line where he's like oh my wife who's now dead who we never see is black so and i was just like oh, okay mm. so is everything right you can say that black joke yeah. but like he's had a dead black wife that we never meet so it's okay i was just like yeah, but I, uh, it, I was really sad. I was really sad that I just yeah. things that can't pass anymore. Really. Well, listen. Let's give the film 
love for sending you into railing into breeze itself it inspired that so that i did a really amazing thing in your life it's just a shame yeah. and just uh, it's a shame that he enjoys punching women in the face <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a shame, shame. it's a shame well it was going so well you, you let yourself down with the old punching the woman in the face bit it's a shame Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Um. <laughs> What what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is very good, but because of the experience you had around seeing the film that will always make it special to you. I was in Wandsworth Cineworld with my then boyfriend, Andrew, bless him. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't very many of us in the screen, but there was a group of really fucking annoying kids just making noise. And I was like, we're, we're watching a psychological thriller right now you're ruining it pricks i didn't say that i was like uh, excuse me the whole film literally beginning to end halfway towards the end of the film they all get up and head downstairs out of the cinema and this is where my psychic ability kicked in yes. and i turned to my boyfriend andrew and i was like we need to get out and he was like why and i was like we need to leave in that moment the kids come back with a bigger kid holding a knife. What? Me? Yep. So I grab my man, because that's what I'm about. I grab my man, pull him out. We run all the way around, down the stairs, out of the fire escape, onto the street. What? Now, it may not have been a knife. <laughs> and looking back, <laughs> I don't think it was a knife. <laughs> Was it a Sprite? Was it a can of Sprite? <laughs> it was long and the light from the cinema screen. I don't know. But looking back, I don't think it was a knife. But in that moment, literally, it was like, you know the TV show That's So Raven, which goes like that. Yeah. I had a moment and I was like, come with me, my son, <laughs> boyfriend. I just fucking legged it out there. I was, oh God. And I'm even, I'm like shaking thinking about it. I mean, it's it's possibly a really scary story, <laughs> or or it's not. It's hard. To, it's hard to say. But memorable. Memorable for all of us. What, so so in your head, they'd gone. You told them to shut up. Yeah. They'd gone to get a bigger kid to come and kill you. 
Yeah. But what might have happened is they went and got a Sprite and yeah. came back to sit down. So they weren't yeah. like heading towards you with this, what could have been a knife. They're just walking in with a no, shiny thing. You know what? I'm, I moved so fast. I didn't see what direction they came. All I saw was them walk in like that. I saw a pointy mm. thing and I was like, let's go. What, I've gone. What happened to Andrew? Uh, what? We're not together anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> this was in like 2009. Was Andrew like, we haven't finished a film since we've been together. <laughs> yes. So you don't go. even know what happens at the end of Black Swan. I know I don't. No, I've watched it since. Okay. But something happened. Something happens, yeah. yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Um, amazing. What is the film that you most relate to? Uh, the film that I most relate to is <laughs> Muriel's Wedding. Speak to me. Go on. <laughs> Are you relating to Muriel? Her yeah. Horrible friends and family? Muriel. Muriel. Yeah. So I love ABBA. I love ABBA so much. I love ABBA so much that I went on a pilgrimage to Stockholm to go to the ABBA museum. I did that. And it's one of the happiest places I've ever been. Literally, there was like a a segment that was like, and you you got your headphones and it was like, this is how we wrote Dancing Queen. I was, I was like teary. Because you know, Dancing Queen is about death. I did not know that. Please explain. It is. There's a whole article about it in The Guardian, so it's real. Um, and it's about, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, party, party song. It's actually about reflecting and looking at your younger self dancing as you're about to die. It's a reflective song on youth and vigour and beauty in yourself that you didn't feel at the time, but you're looking at it from afar. When you listen to Dancing Queen with that hat on, changes it. That shit is deep. Deep. It's deep. So... ABBA and I've always found ABBA like I know they're sort of poppy and stuff but there's just something about like the chords in their music that's quite sad I've as a kid I always found it like quite moving so when I watch Muriel's Muriel's wedding which is comedy but there's so many aspects of her life that's just so pathetic and her being obsessed with ABBA I was like that fits and then I thought that's me <laughs> I don't want to get married that's not what it is. I couldn't give a fuck about getting married. But I just... Well, that ruins my next fuck. question. You <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, but, like, I just... There's just something about finding solace in music and being a bit of a loner that I really related to. Then she moves to Sydney and then, like, gets mad. And then I was like, you lost me. Mm. You lost me, babe. Yeah. But, yeah, I really love a loser character. I fucking love losers and weirdos. Oh, they're just so sweet and weird. I love um, yeah. that in your head, if Disneyland didn't have the um, copyright on the happiest place on earth, the ABBA Museum would take it. Yeah, it is. Do you know what? This is awful and I've got footage of this. Yeah. So you can go on a stage and you can pick, I think it's about, um, <laughs> I think it's three, one of three ABBA songs. I picked Mamma Mia and you can sing a little bit, and they add a hologram of Abba with you. That's cool. And I've got a video of me singing yeah. Mamma Mia with the fucking band. Please, can we, like, give that to the Patreons or something? <laughs> I have got it. Yeah. If you want it, give me a couple of days to think about it. Okay. But I might 
I might give. I might let. Yeah, I might we'll hand that. Put over. it. We'll put it in the members' clubs. Members okay. only. Okay, oh, I might. You. It's, what it's, a treat! It's embarrassing, but I might do it because I'm. I like if the joke's on me. I'm good with that. I love that. I'd love to see it. It also sounds really cool. You with a hologram, Abba. It was amazing. It was so lifelike. Oh, Susie Wakoma. Yeah. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen? Okay. This was quite hard. Was it? Yeah, it's quite hard. Because, uh, of, because <laughs> to narrow it down? or Yeah, to narrow oh, it down. Because okay, um, I find all sorts of things sexy. Funny mm. people... A nice curl of the hair, um, turn of phrase, mm, delicious. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then like tits or like a willy. Mm. I'm like, less. So to narrow it down, I've really found Ghostbusters sexy because of Bill Murray. Okay. And I was really young when I watched Ghostbusters, mm. so I didn't really understand what was going on, but I just knew that I wanted to rub rub something i don't know right right so there's ghostbusters but then yeah i went to so that was as i was a kid but then when i i went to the cinema and, and i and i did watch blue is the warmest color ah, i did yes with a mate of mine mm-hmm. a lady a lady and the sex scene the the very long the 45 minute sex scene 45 minute sex scene um with no kind of like music it's just them breathing mm-hmm. and panting and the sex is, it's whack. If you've had, if you're a woman who's had sex with a woman, it doesn't, we know that that's right. not really what happens. Nonetheless, it's two naked women mm. really going for it. And I, I just remember my, my knee being so close to my mate Carla, so close. And that just happening. And just, you know, the fact you can see like yeah. the flashes of flesh on our faces in this very like empty curzon. And um, yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm I, w- w- here's why I'm. I'm being. Uh, I'm pausing. Is because I've seen that film and I love that film. I love that film. But that film is troubled in a way that <laughs> makes me sad. Oh, and I yes. also don't know what I meant to think about it because you're right. It's very, very fit. <laughs> That's a I fit mean, film. It's because it's because they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. People, lovely. Socially you know, accepted and celebrated bodies, all of that sort of thing. These are all things that I had issues with when I left. I was like, okay, why do, why are all the lesbians like, you know, really mm. slim? Um, why are they all like fucking models? Um, also, that's not, that's not what happens. All of that, like, that's not, what's that? What's that? Like, what are they doing? He doesn't know. Then you have a little Google and you're like, mm. oh no, he really didn't because that seemed like torture when they were filming it. Yeah. Because it took how many days? It didn't to well, do that. It is, it is, I'm, I'm half joking, but it is about 45 minutes. It's it? about 45 minutes so, long. Yeah. You just think. It probably took a while. Yeah, it's awful. Like it was all awful. The ethics behind it is like fucked up. However, yeah. that was my reaction. However, I, cracking oh. result. What? <laughs> what is. <laughs> what is. I mean, and also, it's really difficult that film because. I, I'm really sad when you read like that they were uncomfortable and because they're so natural in it, the both of them. Yeah. It's like unbelievable performances where you and I wonder if that's the sort of sad part of it is that to get those performances he was intrusive or whatever it was. Yeah. But it's like they feel so real and 
Yeah. But I just, I, I always feel with that, you get performers and performances which don't require that. Like, I think, mm. you know, she's everybody's favourite, but Olivia Coleman can really fucking go there, but she does not bring shit to it. Like, do you know what yeah. I mean? She can just do it and then go home. Yeah. And I don't... You don't have don't to traumatise her to get the performance out of it, yeah. I've met actors who are like, you know, I've got to be, I'm, I'm acting troubled yeah. all the time so that when I play a troubled person it's all cushy. I'm like, that is no imagination. And so I think mm. that any director that feels that they have to impose that doesn't trust their actors and has no imagination. Yeah. Yeah. There's a subcategory to this question, which that answer could also fit in, but luckily I hope you got another one. <laughs> uh, troubling boners, worrying why dons. What <laughs> film did you find arousing, but you thought perhaps you shouldn't, other than Blue is the Warmest Colour? <laughs> Showgirls. What is remotely troubling about Showgirls? It's terrible. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. Like, you should not be getting any kind of joy, even if it's a wide-on from that fucking film, because it's so terrible. And yet, I was having the that sex scene in the swimming pool, which is terrible. Please. It defies logic. And then there I was watching it, having a jolly good time in my pants me too and and i don't mind listen when i first saw showgirls which was when it first came out and i was uh very young i remember reading all these things going this ridiculous sex here in the swimming pool and i was thinking fucking worked for me <laughs> i just remember thinking what's what's so ridiculous about it it's brilliant what's happening what am i not getting do you know what <laughs> I was very young when I watched it. Mm. I think it was on Channel 5 and I just sort of put it on and I was like, oh, my God. And when I watched that scene, Mm. I thought, that's what sex is like. Yeah. And I started to worry because I was like, I don't know whether my back... And this is me as a child. This is what I mean about Capricorns. Mm. Like, we're old as children. I'm like, I don't know whether my back can flip flip that far. And I just thought he was just holding... I mean, he was because they weren't actually having sex, but I didn't get... She was so high up. Like, if she was really there, like, if he was really in inside, yeah, she'd be much lower. Uh, That's yeah. I now you say that, I go, okay, th- that part, unless he's got a very big dick and she's just on that the can tip. curb that can do yeah. that. But I will say this now I'm much older and grown up, that is how sex works. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah. Doing it right? yeah, I don't know what you mean. Like, oh, we're worried about it. That's certainly, in my experience, exactly how it is. What is um, what is objectively the greatest film of all time? All About Eve. Great answer. 100%, completely, uh, uh, just, ah. Uh, the original, original? The original, original. The thing I love about it is, look, so when I first started writing, one of the, th- I mean, I was given such, I was given so much advice from people. Mm-hmm. Here's a here's a little little nugget of advice all the time, and I take it because I like advice. But the thing that I would I was always told was don't write about show business. Like people don't like watching mm. it. People don't like yeah, they don't they like watching it. Right. And when I watched All About Eve for the first time, which is before I got that nugget, because when I got that nugget, I was like, but I think All About Eve is a masterpiece. Mm. It is the way it talks about the industry and acting and all of that stuff. It makes you invested. You care. The performances are of their time, but they're 
razor sharp. And the scenes just, what I loved about it was the scenes, they didn't worry about sort of just letting the scene play. You can tell it's based on the play, but they don't care about that. It's just two actors. That's it. Nice set, nice costumes. Two actors just fucking going for each other. Betty Davis, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe in one of her early fucking parts in there, being exquisite, comedic timing, like, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And Anne Baxter, I think it is, who plays Eve. Just like the best manipulative narcissist you've ever seen in the best costumes. I'm sure this has come up before, but it is worth saying, given what just happened, Showgirls is a remake of All About Eve. I'm guessing it's like, that would make sense. It's straight up, it's it's the same story. It's just done better, just told better. And burlesque. Yeah. Burlesque is it's the it's the small town girl who wants to be at the front mm-hmm. of the chorus line. There's always like some older woman, although Cher doesn't really mind. But there's another one in it who's like, don't meh, this is my patch. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's a great Hollywood trope. Yeah. They do it. That is That's a lovely answer, that is. What's the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? Mary Poppins. I know. Oh. I know. I know. What, yeah, you, you know it's a, it's an absolute masterpiece, and I'm going to have a zero problem with that being your answer. Yeah, I just love it. I'm yeah. just loads of people must say it, but it just is. No, they don't say it enough, actually. Okay, well, Mary Poppins. I think it's one of the things that I really love about it is it's so it makes me as a Londoner really. I don't know. I live in London, I'm born in London, but there's just something about watching it that makes me feel like. You know, I'm a fucking lad now. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, and like, where every time I, I was just at St. Paul's, I don't go past St. Paul's without thinking of Feed the Birds, like, never. Mm-hmm. And it just, there's just something about it being so London, but also in a, filmed in a studio, that just I really, really, really love. And I think Julie Andrews, if you watch that back, her performance is King brilliant she's a you know mary poppins is a bitch yeah yeah she's evil like the kids are like hey mary poppins we just went inside the paint she's like no we didn't that's called gaslighting like the fuck when you watch it now i'm like that is f-. she's just oh let's go and do this kids and they're like oh we had such a lovely time with you and then she's like no you didn't i don't know i don't know what you're talking about there's your dad goodbye and then flies off yeah never apologize never explain that is messed up. That's a bad know. motto. Bad motto for life. Never apologise, never explain. That's, <laughs> that's toxic masculinity. That right is toxic. <laughs> it's so, it's mad. Like, I feel for those kids. Yeah. <laughs> they go through such psychological warfare. Just, you know, dad's not interested. Mum is like, you know, up the women, fine. But you get this woman who's like, oh, here's a nice bit of life. And anyway, it didn't happen. Oh, here's a nice song. It didn't happen. What a fucking nightmare. So, yeah, scary Mary Poppins. We don't like to be negative, so we'll be quick with this. Okay. What's the worst film you ever saw? A film? I mean, there's a few. Um, It's a film called (laughs) Feed. Feed, yes. 2011. Mm -hmm. And it is, so me and my mates for a short time were obsessed with sploshing. Do you know what sploshing is? Go on. Explain it to the to uh, is it is it okay? Can I is it stepping on hamsters or something? No. Oh, right. What the fuck? 
Is it... Uh... <laughs> you get one more guess. Is it sliming people like in Nickelodeon? Close. But Close. in a sexy way. Yeah, it's like food sex. It's like oh, okay. a cake and you put it up the vagina then you eat it out like that. Wow. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> didn't mean to say that. That was very graphic. Um, so we were obsessed with sploshing. Mm. We'd all... My group of friends, we'd all had breakups. It was 2011. We were all going through stuff and we sort of came together and we're like, sploshing's funny. And so we wanted to find a film that was to do with sploshing. And so my friend Zach, he was like, hey, I've just found this film on iTunes. It's called Feed. It must be to do with sploshing. And so we had a film night where we watched it. And it was about this guy who, um, this cop, who um, is investigating this internet subculture of, of feeding women until they die. And and it was just it was just about this man who was like running around feeding this woman with as much food, and it was it was fucking terrible. Like not even we thought, ha ha, it'll be funny, yeah. and it, we were just watching it like that's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm mainly worried about how much cake is going to be left in the in the vagina because I think if you put a cake in, it's gonna cr- you know it's gonna crumble into bits. I just I'm so worried about the health implications of a cake. Bits of cake it, not getting out. It it will fuck up your pH balance. For but sure. then you just have, you have to weigh up whether it's worth it. Think about it. Like somebody, it's going to dissolve, I suppose, eventually. It will, it will dissolve eventually. That's why you need somebody who's really committed and getting all the cake out. Right. Because you could be there a while. Are they allowed yeah, to yeah. use a spoon? I, I would think you could use utensils. Right. I'd get like a whisk to sort of break it up. That doesn't yeah. feel... That feels... I, I worry about a whisk. I, I, I don't know, a plastic spoon. A plastic spoon? No, then that'll break off and be stuck. Like a, a whisk has like the, um, you know, I think you could, if you use it with care. Okay. And also the cake is going to be, a, it's going to be like moisture. Wow. It's going to, well, yeah, if it's a well-made cake, it's definitely going to be. If it's a well-made cake. If it's a well-made cake, it's going to be wet. Uh, wet well, ass. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess you just got to make sure you've you've dealt with it when after afterwards and you know what you don't have to put ca- it was just an example you can put jelly on the arm no listen I've got my evening planned out now I just need to make sure I <laughs> make sure I do it right and don't cause any injuries you don't have to put cake up the foof it's fine you don't have to but it will be encouraged. <laughs> You don't have to, but it'd be a shame. Not to. What is, you're in comedy, you're very funny. What's the funniest film? What's the film that made you laugh the most? Okay, I cannot possibly tell you the film that made me laugh laugh the most, but I can tell you the scene that got me kicked out of Odeon Tottenham Court Road because I laughed so hard. Go. Juno, I know. Love that film. It's a great film, but you wouldn't think... Hmm. Where's that bit? What's that, that funny that scene? Bit? So there's this bit when her, Juno. You know? Oh, Ellen Page. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. So she's in the corridor of a school and she's talking to Michael Sarah, and she says something about a girl in her class who just who gave her the stink eye. She just goes, so-and-so-so gave me the stink eye. And it's the quickest cut to this actress, who I don't know, who's giving Juno a stink eye. And... Me and my mate Ivano looked at each other and that was it. Gone. That is just an example of how you can be, you're not even a star in it, you've got no yeah. line. You just give it that piece of, and we 
we lost it. Next couple of scenes, we were still laughing. Usher came in and was like, you have to leave. <gasps> we, we went out onto the road. We were screaming, screaming. Like, we can't talk about it. To this day, we can't talk about it. We can't like talk. That. You think I were like, boom, done. <laughs> I like that. That. That, is, that is a proper answer. <laughs> that is the answer I've been looking for. Good. Susie Wakoma, you've been absolutely wonderful. Now... Oh. When you went to Latitude last year and uh, you had glitter all over your face and you went to watch Texas on stage, when you were lost in the in the wonder of Charlie Spiteri's voice as she sang, oh, <laughs> what's the song that Texas did? It was the one that the one that I was really like. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, yeah, you make me feel wild. Yeah, yeah, you touch my inner smile. Yeah. Hey, you got me in the mood. Ooh, ooh, I'm on make your move. So while she was singing, uh, <laughs> come and make your move, you were dancing, you were lost, uh, transcendent it was to you, and you were sweating with the joy, and the glitter came into your mouth, sweated off your face into your mouth, and you said, oh, something about it tastes like chalk, delicious. And you, you went, you finished your evening a great old night and then you went back to your tent and you lay there and in your sleep the glitter congealed in your throat uh, and choked you to death it was sad uh but the saddest part was no one found you no one thought anything of it for quite a while it was just a tent just a tent you closed the thing everyone was like well she's probably sleeping about three months later i was like did it did Susie ever come back from Latitude? It's weird that no one heard from her for a while. So I drive all the way back up to Latitude. Yeah. There's a tent on its own in the field. Weird. It's a fucking state. I go in the tent. You're there. You've congealed with the The ground has, has swallowed half of you. There's a bird has pecked open your insides and built a nest. Oh. It's all sorts oh, of going on. Oh, that's quite nice. It's sweet, but difficult to contend with I, I so then i have to sit vigil let the birds all leave and then finally and then a hamster walks past and i just stood on it just for a bit of a splash and then and then uh, you uh, basically i there's too much of you there was more than i expected because you've become the the earth so i've had to get a dip anyway long story short i've had to chop you up into lots of little bits because i brought a coffin that was the size of you i wasn't expecting all this Stuff all of it. Stuff all of you in this coffin. It's absolutely rammed in there. But there's just enough room that I could slip one DVD in the side with you that you can yeah. take to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven? Oh, what movie are taking in heaven? I'm taking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The people in heaven will love you. No wonder your vibration is so high. Susie, Suzanne, Wakoma. What? Is there anything you would like to tell people to look out for, to listen to, or to watch, or to read, or anything of yours coming up before we say goodbye? Before we say goodbye, um, I'm in a film called Enola Holmes, which is on Netflix right now. I hear very good things about that. Yes, so she's in that. And then I'm in another show called Truth Seekers uh, on Amazon on the 30th of October. That's a series. Looks brilliant. Jim Field Smith. 
Love it. Yeah, those two. And then there's loads of stuff that's still on Netflix because that's the way in it. That's just, if you just if you Google my net, if you put my name in Netflix, for your oh, hours. Oh, I like that. Hours like of fun. Done. Susie Wakama, you've been an absolute dream and delight. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Uh, have a wonderful death. I'm going to stop the recording now. Good night. Good night. <laughs> So that was episode 116. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets and videos with Susan. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating. And instead of writing about the podcast, write about the film that means the most to you and why. I do read them. It's very nice to read. It also helps our numbers and it means Maureen can keep drinking her craft beers and gins. You know what she's like. Thank you so much to Susan for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAST for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics. Lisa Lydon for the photography. Watch Soulmates on AMC. Watch Ted Lasso on the Apple TV Plus. And then come and join me next week where I will have another incredible guest for you. So that is it for now. Have a lovely week. And in the meantime, please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.